0: Ahoy, Noiros! Welcome to another edition. We did it again for the 80th time, apparently. Oops. Yeah, (laughs) oops. Oops, we did it 80 times again. Uh, Out of the podcast, you searched it, you clicked play, you know what you're in for. That means big baby boy Dan, and in the other corner, menacing gentleman, Joey here to say, Welcome to the show, and round one, fights! I don't know. welcome this could be a battle this episode i don't know maybe it is always a battle i guess just another another round in the ring of film noir yeah i'm here for it are you here to give or are you here to take today Dan? probably a little bit of both all right i'm just taking so okay (laughs) give me give me
1: okay um well i've been I, i was explaining before we started that i i actually like went on a little bit of a spree and and like bought up a bunch of movies and one is relevant to today because it's actually by the director of the movie that we're covering today, Nicholas Ray. Um, it's a movie called Party Girl, which when you look at the cover of it and you kind of look on the surface of it, you're like, how could that be a film noir? It looks like just like a very just like Technicolor, like, you know, musical sort of thing. But it's film noir and it's got Sid Sharice in it, Lee J. Cobb and Ro- Robert color. Taylor. It's in color. Oh, it might be a uh, next
0: Technoir Color May, perhaps.
1: It's in Metro color, which is oh. the proprietary of MGM.
0: Well, we broke the rules last time, so we could do it again, mayhaps.
1: Yes. Um, but I just wanted to be I want to be clear because all the, there's like so many different <laughs> proprietary names for it back in the day. But it's 1958 too, so it's a little bit later. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it came out pretty recently. I remember seeing the cover and the release uh, from Warner Archive. And I just kind of like, I, sometimes I'm a little bit dismissive. I just, I see something. If I feel like, it doesn't instantly like ring a bell with me. I'd be like, and I'll look at the cover. I'll be like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. You um, could tell
0: like an f- old film noir poster cover. Right. right. Yeah. But
1: it seems interesting. It seems like it, it, from what I understand, it's like film noir and a little bit of a musical as well. Um, okay. And it's, and it's CinemaScope. So I have, I have, and Nicholas Ray. So I, I have a little bit of high hopes for it. So we'll see. It's going to
0: look good at the very
1: least. Yeah. Yeah, so. I I think it will. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm gonna do that. I mean, I guess we should talk about James Kahn. Yeah, I guess we can. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's old news we, at this point. Yeah, but you know, I feel like you know we're we're fans of his work. We and, are. We we did yeah. cover
0: Thief, of course, famously. Yeah. Um, which which is a big movie for both of us, and yeah, I don't know, it's just a, a big loss, very surprising, but yeah, you know, we also lost Paulie Walnuts too. Like yeah it's all all the uh people that had anything to do with anything gangster apparently yeah it was that day yeah hopefully everyone from last week's
1: show is already dead so they can watch
0: out for the throes of
1: the reaper himself i i rewatched uh rollerball the original one with him because i hadn't seen it in a while um and that was a good time yeah that's always going to be fun yeah, yeah. that's just I, it. I
0: mean he left so many like great films behind that yeah. um you know, you're, you're always good. I mean, even uh underrated one is bottle rocket. His, his performance in bottle rocket is so good. I would say even like, you know, if you're not a Wes Anderson fan, that first movie is so different from what he becomes. Like, it's just a nice yeah. little crime film, you know, that just like, it's like the most non Wes Anderson movie. And um, I, I don't know, he just had a very interesting part in that film. I, I thought,
1: Yeah, he had an interesting career, like, towards, like, later, like, him just kind of popping up in in randomly in movies.
0: He was, like, that guy that, especially in that case, where it's just, like, he could help you get a movie made, like, just by being in it. Like, well, we got James Caan, so. Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not what we say about Scott Caan these days, you know? Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. We got Scotty. Passing the torch. I I was debating whether I wanted to watch Rollerball or or Killer Elite, and uh, I, I feel like I had just watched Killer Elite not that long ago, so I... I opted for for Rollerball since it's just been a while since I've watched it. Sure. It was a tough choice, I'll tell you. It was, it was tough because I do love Killer Elite. Those are the tough choices in life. Yes. How about you? What, what have you been up to? Uh, well, you want to talk related to the show, Dan. I'm always ready to talk the, related to the show.
0: One of the movies I picked up with you,
1: I got a chance to watch uh,
0: 40 Guns with Barbara Stanwyck, directed oh. by Samuel Fuller. And cool. uh, Barry, Barry Sullivan was in that, and
1: it was nice to see him. I did notice that. Yes. Yeah, so I was reading about that after we talked about it. And I saw that he was in there. I was like, that's cool.
0: He's great. It was a cool movie. Uh, I mean, I'm, I like Samuel Fuller a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, it's great to see, you know, the women in the saddle.
1: Yeah, running things. I, I It's definitely on my list. I, I, I definitely want to check it out. I, I've been kind of curious about it since, since Criterion released it. So it's got a,
0: everything about it was just like, it's great design, you mm-hmm. know, l- lured me in. I'm like Barbara Stanwyck leading a Western Samuel Fuller doing his thing he's always a little subversive and interesting and it delivered yep it was a good time Ooh. so that was good um boy i saw that new thor movie and it broke me dan
1: did it was it yeah bad? i'm bad.
0: yeah it was awful it was like okay. one of the worst movie experiences i've had in a long time and it was wow. just like what am i doing you know why am i going to these things to avoid spoilers i could give a shit about so
1: yeah
0: so i'm done officially I'll, I'll catch some of them you know in, in the streamer verse as we say <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'm not losing any sleep literally and figuratively over this stuff anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the approach you have to take at this point. Um, I feel like they just keep churning stuff out. It's as churned as possible. I mean, it was the yeah. most
0: where I'm just like, I'm watching a fucking Disney movie, man. What the hell is happening here? That's
1: what happens. On the, on the converse of that, I watched a film that I, I had, been, it had been at like the top of my list for such a long time. And Criterion put it out, so I finally waited and just bought it. It um, was the world's worst person. Mm-hmm. worst um, person in the world uh wait did i have that backwards isn't that it i just watched it we can give you a take two if you need it the worst person in the world that's yes that's right yep. <laughs> yes. yes the i watched the world the worst person in the world oh okay yeah um it's and great right yokum jo- dryer yeah i loved it it that's was fantastic great. Yeah, yeah i i mean i it it emotionally affected me like I was definitely like bummed out by the end for sure but (laughs) I also I also recognized that like it felt very realistic to me like like the relationships that they were having it felt very authentic it didn't feel like that that typical stylized like romantic movie or drama or comedy or however you want to kind of put it together um it felt very real Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's and I like the authenticity of it and uh, it was good I mean I I I I enjoyed it. It kind of lived up to its name, and uh, yeah. and kind of not. Yeah, I mean it, right, right. it didn't. Yeah. it's a gray area, right? Yeah, but I, I I really liked it. So that I watched that last night. So I I'm, I'm really glad I finally got to see that, and, and it lived up to the uh, the hype because I know it got a lot of press. It can and won a lot of awards and stuff like that. And, and it was a it, big it one. But you know, yeah. movies like that you can kind of trust. Yeah,
0: there's right. just like a different caliber where it's like this is getting amplified. There must be something here. And even if you don't like, it, you're like, oh, it wasn't for me. You know. Right. You can but... appreciate it exactly yeah. so they're less of a risk uh, right. but that one it does pay off
1: yes no i was glad was say
0: check it out that's a good one yeah especially that edition you know i had seen it before that had come out i think you did it right just watch it that way and realize you've got something good that you're probably not going to rush to watch again anytime soon but
1: yeah i thought about that because like i, I was I, I i always have that thought sometimes when i get stuff and i'm like i really like this but am i going to watch this again or how soon am i going to watch it and I really liked it. I mean, it's it's emotionally draining of a movie for me. That's why I don't own the Vanishing on Blu-ray from Criterion, and that's like <laughs> one of the greatest movies I've
0: ever seen that I'll never see again.
1: Oh, I want I love that movie. I, oh. I watch I, I watch. I mean, it, it's that's a tough watch. I mean, it's honestly one. That's one of the most terrifying movies I think I've ever seen. That's just um, it. Yeah, and, and I would. It's not categorized as horror, but it kind of is. No, it's the scariest movie of all time in many yeah. ways. Yeah, it's such a it's such a like. um I don't want to say it's like a hidden gem but it's like one that's not talked about a lot i feel like I, I feel like in like people that like thrillers and stuff like that and like maybe like crime type of stuff like it just doesn't get talked about but it's a terrifying movie i yeah i, I really i stumbled across it many years ago and i was like wow this is this movie is just yeah which they remade
0: with jeff bridges in yes. the states and like changed the ending and everything and like yeah that-
1: no, the a, ending's the, one of the craziest parts of it's, it. it. It's, it's all the... En- I mean, it's not all the ending, but it's also all of the ending. But yeah, I haven't seen it uh, for that reason. I heard not good good things and I didn't want to ruin it for me. I read the Wikipedia after the fact and I had a chuckle and that was that, you know. It did yeah. what it needed to
0: do. But it's popped up on TV a couple times flipping through and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch
1: this yeah. remake trash. And I mean, I'm not going to not... watch
0: the good version either because it's terrifying.
1: <laughs> it makes me think of... Uh, even though it's a little bit different, it makes me think of funny games... That's a, I, I that's and I've seen i bo- yeah. I've seen both of those. And I, I definitely think the the original's best. Um yeah. but I, I didn't mind the second one. I mean I, I fascinatingly
0: like remade by the same person.
1: And it's almost like shot for shot. Yeah, but it just
0: <laughs> goes to show like, you know,
1: like hey, yeah. get
0: it the first time. But right. but it, it's an interesting remake and you know it got right. people to to see it. But uh yes. yes, I would say that's a movie I've seen twice, the original and then the remake of the yes. called it a day.
1: Yeah. I have the original, the Criterion, but I don't, I, I, and I, but I've only seen the, the remake once and I've seen the original, I think once or twice. Yeah. I, I like some Michael Haneke stuff. I, I, I like a few of his movies. The one that I really want to see it on Blu-ray is uh, seventh continent, which is a devastating movie. Um, it's one of his early ones, but it's just like one of the most depressing movies ever, but it's only on DVD on Kino, like years ago. I think it's out of print now, um, but I have it, but I, I it, that definitely needs an upgrade.
0: I'll keep an eye out for that depression movie uh, when it comes yes. out on Blu-ray and, and put myself through that.
1: Yes, it's 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 an incredible film. Is,
0: is that all you got, Dan? You Ready to talk about this incredible film?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to go from one depressing film to. We're in the right depressing. zone. I thought we, we yeah. you
0: know, we didn't mean to, but we brought ourselves down to where we need to be. A yeah. lonely place, if you will, Dan, that we're sure. coming from. I'm here. That we're sounds here. like episode 80 to me. You ready for some taglines? I am always ready. They're back this time because that's how, good. How could you not line this tag? Yeah. Criterion did this edition. Of course, we're going to get none of that on this. They got to do their own thing. <laughs> I wish they'd even like show you a poster in the booklet. Like, hey, here's what the poster looked like back in the day or something.
1: They don't do that.
0: They don't do that. They <laughs> don't want you to anything. To, like it, it never existed until Criterion did it. Yeah. It's interesting. Here's the tagline. The Bogart suspense pitcher with the surprise finish. And that's from the original poster. It's a great poster. It's got a nice, huge, haunting bogey face on it. It's very striking. But yes, the tagline itself, not as much. But it's a surprise finish. I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, All right, here's one for you. Suspense, intrigue, suspicion. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, here's one, Dan. I think you might like this one. Look deep into these eyes. Is it love, hate, or murder? They're the eyes of Humphrey Bogart in A Lonely
1: Place. I do like that one. That one's great, right? That's my favorite one so far, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're all going to be bad from here. I got two more. Uh, Suspense! Mounting to an exciting surprise finish. They really want you to know about this finish. What is it? What is it? A film noir? Uh, Must be. One more for you. The spine-tingling hit with the surprise finish. They did it again. Obviously, if we're talking surprise finishes, we're talking In a Lonely Place. This was released August 1950. Distributed by Columbia Pictures and produced by Santana mm-hmm. dot 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 Pictures, uh, which was Humphrey Bogart's company, in fact, and it was named after his yacht.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it lasted from 1948 to 1953. So there's a brief little sidebar of a fun fact. Directed by Old Nicholas Ray himself, he heard his ears burning early in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know him from On Dangerous Ground, of course. Mm-hmm. He's making his way through the podcast this year, and uh, the screenplay. These were very confusing credits here in the film screenplay by Andrew P. Salt. Adaptation by Edmund H. North, who you find nothing about when you actually look into this movie. So I don't even know. But it's on like the credits of the film. Yeah. I, had to, I had to double check. But he it was adapted all from the 1947 novel by Dorothy B. Hughes, who had done, of course, Ride the Pink Horse. Mm-hmm. She's back. She's back. And we're back. Welcome to the show. Bogey's back. Gloria Graham's back. The whole gang is here.
1: I'm ready for it.
0: This is this is a, a cup of cocoa of a, of a show, you know, you're being welcomed back to some old faves.
1: Yeah. Coming back with a heavy hitter. It's been a while. I mean, we've been doing some kind of, you know, more, a little bit more under the radar stuff. So it's, it's nice to kind of get into a, you know, a classic. I mean, this is a classic.
0: I would say this is very much a classic. Yeah, this is this is one you hear about. And, you know, good, good reason.
1: Yeah, and it's been a few years since I watched it. I was thinking about it when we were ready to do it. It's been a really long time since I watched it, so I was definitely ready to quite a while.
0: Not because of it's bad or anything. I don't know why I don't watch this too often. I mean, I like everything about it. It's just it. uh, It's not anything I'm necessarily like often in the mood for. But when I'm here, I'm happy to be here.
1: Right. Well said. Yeah, I would agree.
0: Uh, So we're we're driving around like we're old dicks and steel, but we're gonna call them dicks, of course. what a name (laughs) or bogey i'm sure we'll end up doing but uh he's a hollywood screenwriter dan and you know things aren't going too well for him he's he's lived a tough life he's he's kind of hard to get along with as we'll see and Mm. you know he's also hasn't been writing as well according to everyone else they don't like what he's been doing he's uh working on like shitty adaptations a little wink wink from uh the screenwriter i'm sure Mm. uh it feels like there's a lot of little like wink wink moments like that but how could you not when it's you're dealing with Hollywood. Mm. This and sunset Boulevard would be a good double feature. Huh? Dan.
1: Yeah, no, I was great. I agree with that. I mean, I, I do love the kind of meta ness of this movie. Like there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, and there's a lot of like small digs at the, the industry yeah, mm-hmm. throughout it, which I, I, I really do appreciate, but I, 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 you get the sense through the film that like, he's, I think in many ways, he's like respected to a point because he, he like they say he's been in the industry, at least for like his manager says he, he's been doing it with him for 20 years. So 20 he's, doing years, it, yeah. he's doing it for a while. So he knows a lot of people and you get to see that, he knows there's this whole kind of like grouping of people that kind of know him that are industry people at different levels in yeah. the industry. So you get and, that sense.
0: And the people that really like know him, love him, they're like, they understand that he sucks, but they're also like, you know, and there's a side to him that works for us. So right. Um, and his agent, Mel Lipman, in particular, really cares for him and, and mm-hmm. really goes to bat for him quite a bit. But as we see, old Dix, he's got himself a temper, doesn't he, Dan? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, he's on his way to this meeting. He's at a stoplight, and he's already getting into fights, you know? Mm-hmm. Some of this I can relate to, uh, unfortunately, as a driver, but I try to keep the road it's rage. Road rage. I'm not going to beat anyone to death, Dan, but I'm going to cuss him out from the from the car under your breath no no it'll be out loud but okay i'm just not looking for confrontation it's like i just need to get this out of my system you have wronged me yeah first person i understand i saw your road rage last week dan when we drove together this guy was going nuts he Was What's He, was, he was, <laughs> no, you, you were a delightful I I was, driver <laughs> i was happy to have you behind the wheel okay i wasn't good. doing any phantom braking like they do in this movie yeah like the passenger does when they're driving. I thought that was one of my favorite touches of this movie that I really yeah. hadn't noticed before. I don't remember when. It, oh, I remember what happens. So I'll bring it up when it happens again. But anyways, Dan, slow down.
1: We digress. Yes.
0: Beep, beep over there. Calm down. So yeah, he almost gets in a fight with this guy. He's like, you know, like he's like, oh, pull over. We will start this. And like Bogey starts to get out of his car. He's like, no, 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 we'll do this right here at the light. Yeah. And uh, the guy drives off. He's with his girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know. So already this guy, huh, he's he's, he's hot tempered. You got to watch out for him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he meets Mel at this nightclub and he's looking for some work. Mel doesn't really have anything good to offer him, but he's like, we got this book we need to adapt into a movie. <laughs> Much like, uh, you know, here's some meta-ness for you once again. Mm. And uh, he's like, he's not too into it whatsoever, but you know, he needs the money. He's He's trying to survive. He's trying to, Get a gig that is noticed and and appreciated so he can get back to doing the the stuff that he likes to do and and have it be revered. But life is not so hot for him right now. So that seems to be reflecting in his work. He accepts the the, the book. I forgot it was called, Dan. And unfortunately, it doesn't say.
1: They show the cover. We'll post
0: the book cover to apologize to the prop crew on this one. There's a book and there's a, a hat check girl, Mildred Atkinson. She mm-hmm. has read this book, thankfully enough. Mm-hmm. She's actually reading the book and is like, this thing is great. And Dix is like, hey, why don't you uh, do this thing for me? She really wants to finish it because she only has a couple pages left. It's a page turner, Dan. Yeah. But yeah, Dix is like, I don't want to read this thing. Why don't you come back to my place and you just like tell it to me? Live in the dream, right? Hollywood living. I don't mm-hmm. have the time to read books. Just tell it to me. So she's like, yeah, sure. I'll come with you. I could be convinced to come with you. And she's real talkative, Mildred, I'll say. She's, she's. I don't know, she's just happy to be a pal, I guess. I don't know.
1: I think, well, she gives a little bit of like the, at first she thinks like he's trying to make advances at her. And then he's like, no, I just want you to read it to me. She's like, oh, okay, well, I can tell my aunt or whatever that I'm staying with that I, you know, I was a part of this Hollywood thing. And this is something that like, apparently it's like a pattern that he does because this other woman, comes up the table and she meets up with him throughout the movie. I forget her name. And she's like, Oh, do you want me to read it to you? And he's like, no. Or you're like, you know, I like, I used to read them to you. And he's like, no. And pushes her aside and instantly when the hatchet girl comes over, he's like, okay. You know, yeah. You, you can, you can know. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know you. I'm not sick of you yet. Yeah, exactly. So they head to his apartment
0: and as they're passing through the courtyard, as you do, how do you not? You see Gloria Graham in the corner of your eye. You're going to notice her. Uh, yeah. Great to see her. She's back, everybody. We love Gloria Graham here. Mm-hmm. And she's doing some some great, some of her best work in this one. Laurel Gray is who she plays. And she just moved in. And uh, I'm sure she's not going to be a part of this thing whatsoever. But, hey, mm-hmm. nice little cameo, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, they head there. Bogey starts stripping down to a, get into a robe and everything gets real cozy. And this is where she's like, uh, dude, what's going on? And he's like, no, no, no. I, I want to be comfortable when I work. Makes a lot of sense to me. I get it. I mean, I'm basically in a robe right now. Dan can see it, but I'm I'm in underpants down here. Oh, I'm not, right. but I should be. Yeah, I think that'll be in the hundreds when I'm really comfortable. <laughs> You're just waiting for that point. Oh, Dan! I'm just chomping at the bit here. When can I get Dick and Balls naked for the show? That'd be so fun, huh? Dick,
1: when you get Dick Steele.
0: Dick, when I, can I get Dick and Steele naked over here? <laughs> uh, maybe for the Patreon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, okay, cool. I'm like Dan was saying, part of this Hollywood experiment. Here's what happened in the book, and Dix is like, this book clearly sucks.
1: Sounds terrible. I, yeah. I judged
0: a book by the cover, and I was correct. And uh, so, yeah, he's like, whatever. Doesn't sound that good. And also, uh, why don't you get out
1: of here? <laughs> it's like a divorcee. meets like a lifeguard that's in college and like all this stuff happens. It just uh, it just sounds terrible. It's yeah. insane. I was checking <laughs> out
0: myself, too. I'm like, I don't care about this book.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah, he's like, all right, well, anyways, bye. Uh, I'm not going to drive you home anymore. <laughs> well, I guess and, we should uh, also
1: mention while she's reading, he's he's looking out his window and he sees Gloria Graham like I think she's smoking a cigarette on her balcony and he's like checking her out a in little the negligee. Bit. In negligee, and then while she's reading it, she starts like acting out a little bit, and she keeps saying like "help, help, help" real loud. Yeah, and, and, he, and he keeps like telling her like "shh, like yeah, I got neighbors." Yeah, people, are, and people are maybe get the wrong idea. So I, it's a nice touch because you know of what ends up happening. But I, I do like that that element. So I, I don't want to you know miss that part. Of course,
0: but yes, now she's mouthed off. She's told this crappy plot to this movie or to the book, and uh, so he's like, "Yeah." Get out of here. Not driving you back. Go take a cab. There's a cab stand around the corner. Here's a couple bucks, though, and a little extra for your trouble. So there's something. Gives her 20 bucks. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money now and even then. Yeah. But, yeah, at the same time, instantly, you're like, hey, man, that's not cool. We can't just have a, a woman walking on her own in the dark. You know, yeah. you, got, you should got to walk her back. But this is Hollywood baby, you do what you got to do. What could happen, tired. right, Daddy? Yeah, I was tired. So he passes out into into the new world that he's about to be awoken into because uh, he has his, an old friend comes into town and not the way you want him to. Brub Nikolai <laughs> is his friend. Uh, he's a police detective and he actually used to serve in the war with Dix. Uh, Dix was his uh, C.O. I think he said. Mm mm-hmm. Yep. And he knows the deal with this guy. But he's like, hey, buddy, I got married. We've been trying to get in touch. Apparently now this is how I have to get a hold of you. Um, We need to question you downtown because uh, that woman you were with is now dead. And naturally, you're a suspect. I think you're cool. But my captain, (laughs) Lochner, uh, he he, he has some suspicions. So come on in. Let's just figure this thing out all will be well, right? You're, you're dicks. You're a cool guy in these kind of situations. You're not going to come in and, you know, make it look like you're pretty guilty.
1: Yeah. E- even though as, as we, I don't want to get too far ahead, but apparently he has a, a little bit of history with at least the captain. Uh, and the police, let's just say the police station is aware of him. <laughs> He's got a reputation. Yes. yes,
0: Absolutely. That that Some will. Documentation as well. <laughs> that will come into play as, yeah. as we, we come about. But yes, she it, had turned up dead. She was strangled and thrown out of a car. Yeah, uh, pretty brutal way to go. And, yeah, they,
1: and they have pictures, and they show them the pictures while they're in, like they're asking these questions. These like brutal pictures of her, like on the side of the road, dead.
0: Yeah, and which doesn't yeah. seem to phase him whatsoever yeah. because he's just he's clearly seen some stuff, and he's he's a grizzled man. He you know this is an older bogey at this point too, mm-hmm. at his shows. And you know it's a it really helps sell what we're what we've got here. You know this is a mm-hmm. down on his luck man, and even though bogey's killing it in life, just living it up with Bacall even though you know death is on the way for him shortly here but
1: well it's also the the indifference at at this time which is really suspicious to them to the to the police like the fact that he's just so like like nothing phases him whatsoever He's very confident like
0: I'm a writer and just like you know doing his thing but they're not like hey we just showed you pictures and also like you're here this girl got murdered it doesn't look good for you 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 know you can have an alibi but maybe you can at least be like oh oh god like what happened
1: like yeah, did they mentioned. Care. Yeah. yeah, they they mentioned like yeah, he's just like, you know, he didn't seem squirmish at all. Like you know, you know, if you're most people when they get accused of something like this, they would be like sweating or or you know, kind of panicking a little bit even if they didn't do it. Yeah, like you um, and me,
0: Dan, but that's how we would be. We'd be like, yeah. oh, "Oh god, sir, here is all the info you need. Here's my yeah. social security number. I didn't, do, number. I didn't yeah. do anything." Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, that's a weird stance to take. They're like, "Did anyone see you leaving her leaving the apartment and you saying goodbye and everything like that. And he's like, hey, wait a second. I've been staring at Gloria Graham as you do. She might know me. She yeah. might She might be able to give some uh, credibility to this alibi. And so she, she gets brought in. And in fact, she does. What time did you get home last night? Shortly after midnight. Did you see Mr. Steele after he and the girl entered his apartment? Yes, about a half an hour later. I saw him at his door saying goodnight to her. How do you know it was a half hour later? Usually it takes me that long to get ready for bed. Can you see Mr. Steele's door from your bedroom? She was standing on her balcony in an negligee. It was a warm night. My apartment was stuffy. You're sure he didn't leave with the girl? Positive. What was he doing? I believe he was looking at me. <laughs> Considering that you've never met Mr. Steele, you've paid quite a bit of attention to him. Mm-hmm. I have at that. Do you usually give such attention to your neighbors? No. Were you interested in Mr. Steele because he's a celebrity? No, not at all. I noticed him because he looked interesting. I like his face. I guess that'll be all for now. Goodbye, Miss Gray. Goodbye, Captain Lockwood. So, all is well there, they leave, but the cops are like, ah, this guy is clearly guilty that was fucking weird and also as dan was saying we got a file on this guy yeah. and he's a nut he is a violent crazy nut who absolutely fits for this murder
1: just aggression fights you know all sorts of stuff that he's get, get into and you see like this like rage that can, can, can come out of him you know i mean we
0: saw it at the traffic light you know yeah. like it, it happened so quick that i kind of forgot about it myself but no i mean he, it's all there like this guy yeah He's an angry fella, but we'll see where it takes it from here. I do. I do like that. The movie though, like you're, you're unsure for so long, right you now, pretty much up until the end mm-hmm. and then you get quite an answer, but yes, the, the cops are suspicious. Dix goes home and he's like, I'm going to go, uh, strike up a conversation with Gloria Graham. What a great conversation starter we have here.
1: Yeah.
0: And so they talk, turns out she was an actress. She's just doesn't have many films to her name, but you know, she's hustling. Mm -hmm. and uh things are going really well with them and he is himself feeling great about it and all of a sudden he's writing all these pages and
1: Mm -hmm. and just like in the zone and (laughs) yeah she like inspires him like they start dating and and like they're both like pretty happy you know they that they kind of found each other very very kind of different people but yeah you know amused if you will there yeah exactly and they come come together and he's just He's, he's off you know they're the right people running. for the right
0: moment and yeah, yeah. he's
1: off and writing
0: and then like his agent comes in too and like <laughs> they like interrupt him even though it's like no he's in the zone like yeah let him, let him finish and then also there's um there's a friend that pops up during that scene too their drunken shakespearean friend
1: oh yeah uh charlie
0: charlie waterman played by yeah, Robert i liked Warwick. him a lot yeah, he's I- fantastic.
1: You see, he's right. You can't go away. Well, you couldn't do a thing like Slow this to us. Open the bridge. Open Charles the gates.
0: Charlie him in the Hmm. Must be Thursday. Charlie, my friend, who speaks but poetry and borrows but money. The better to drink, but
1: brandy. Ready to pay homage to an immortal mortal. Ah, fair princess, most noble of princes, I bring you greetings from an humble peasant.
0: Welcome, Caspian. There he goes again. You can never figure that step out you may arise that easier said than done Um uh, and a fun fact about that it was actually because of bogey that he's in the movie uh they worked together in 1922 on a stage play called drifting oh wow and um robert warwick really hooked up humphrey bogart at that time and, and bogey never forgot the kindness that he was shown when he was a young actor so he was like hey give him a part in this movie because he was struggling at the time and he did fantastic. He's he's definitely a highlight. It's it feels weird and kind of like shoehorned in, but not in like an, an intrusive way. Like it's a nice little thing to pop up throughout the movie. Is this this drunken Shakespearean man?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I like again. It, it all kind of ties into the meta ness of it because he's like this very and he always has this like kind of uh, bogey has this like affectionate nickname where he's like calls him a like thespian and, and, and throughout because he's just this very like kind of theatrical type of, of character. And he always kind of just has this very proper and very, you know, just very, you know, theatrical kind of, uh, expression.
0: He goes a Um, long way to, um, you know, really mooch some money from him is basically he's going there for booze money, but you know, they really, you know, like, like, Hey, how's it going? Tell us a new sonnet, you know, like read us a sonnet. And they're like, Oh, here you go. Here's here's a couple bucks.
1: He cares for him. I mean, we see in the earlier episode earlier in the beginning, when they go to the bar for the first time that they all hang out at where they meet the hat check, he meets the check girl and stuff like that is when they go sit at the bar, it's, it's bogey Mel. And then that, the director that's going to be making the, the film that mm-hmm. they're going to work on. And they're like, Oh, let's sit on the other end of the bar away from this guy. Charlie's obviously like drunk and, and like, just seems like a mess. We don't want to deal with him. He's like, it's like, no, we're going to sit. I'm going to sit right next to him and you know, we'll talk. It's fine. Like, you know, he, he's, you know, he's 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 good. You know, he has this kind of like attachment to him, just like you said in real life, it, it feels very like meta where he's like this guy is a you know, long time veteran of actors, but maybe down on his luck. Struggling, and yeah. Then, so gotta look then, out. And for he's him. trying to help him. Yeah. Yep. So I, I like that. Yeah.
0: I just kept noticing your shutter to think shirt, Dan. I, I just
1: caught wind oh, of that. Like yeah. I had to give a, a brief shout out. Well, thank you. We I love like shutter to think you on the pod. It's a it's a it's a favorite shirt of mine, one of my all time favorite bands. Excellent. Well, I would say that um, Brub probably also loves
0: Shudder to Think, and he might have been listening to them right before he invited Dix to dinner. We can only hope. I think so. I think he had, um, you know, some early demos <laughs> at the time. A couple um, of the seven inches. Yes, exactly. Well, a couple of the uh, 75s. 78s. 78s. There we yeah. go. My vinyl days are so far behind me, Dan. Even that. I haven't watched the Crumb documentary in a while to to know what they're talking about. Oh, the 78s that they're so obsessed with. Have you seen that, Doc? I know
1: of it. I've never seen it.
0: That would be one to look out for in a Criterion sale. It's yeah. it's a fantastic documentary. Even
1: Like right now? Yeah, there you go. I guess
0: that thing's happening, isn't it? And hey, go get this movie if you don't have it. I guess we should have said that. That was a yeah. good time. Yeah, definitely worth getting, yeah. And Captain Lochner, before he went to the Criterion sale, was like, brub, stop listening to Shudder to Think 78s and go invite Dix to dinner. So that's what happens. He's like, Dix comes to dinner. Seems like they have a lovely meal. Brub's wife, Sylvia, is there, played by uh, Jeff Donald. Her name is Jeff?
1: I think that's his, I guess. Maybe they messed up. Dad, go no. to the credits real quick. Is her name Jeff Donald? No. So it is. So her, her name is Jean Marie Donnell. And then Jeff is in quotes. So apparently that was like her nickname. Damn, there's got to be some info on that. Please look into that. As a child, she adopted the nickname Jeff after the character in her favorite comic strip, Mutt and Jeff. Wow. OK. Wow. That's fascinating. To avoid gender confusion, she was sometimes built as Miss Jeff Donnell. Uh huh. I guess when she was higher on the bill. Yeah. Interesting. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, apparently, and and I'll, I'll admit that I've actually never seen it, but apparently she's in Sweet Smell of Success. Oh, okay. I've seen it, but I just didn't remember that credit. But we'll get she to maybe, it. And yeah, she might be a, like a smaller role or something. Are you talking Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking Jeff. You talking Jeff Donald over
0: here? Yeah. That's fantastic, and you know, really, you know, good for her for paving the way, I guess. Yeah. For all the Jeffs out there, Jeff as you are, right? Yeah. Come as you are, Jeff. Yeah. Anyway, Sylvia's there. She does a great job in the role of Sylvia. And particularly here at this dinner, because they're just talking about the whole thing. Bogey's very just forthcoming about what he thinks about this whole case. And then he's just like, this is what I think of the murder. And then like, we get some chairs. They try to reenact the murder like they're in the car. But uh, Brub and and Sylvia right next to each other, like they're Mm -hmm. driving and then Bogey's in front of them. And then he's like showing like, hey, choke her out with your arm. And so, like, he does that, and then, like, she grabs at his arm, and then um, after that word, she's just like, well, what did that do? Because I would just claw his eyes out if this happened. He's like, yeah, but you grabbed for his arm. Isn't that interesting? Everyone's kind of blown away by that, and then they're like, how'd you know so much about this, Yeah, it seems weird. That seems a little weird that you'd have a pretty good hint on this, but... He's you know, a writer. He's a, he's a writer. Exactly. He, he considers all the aspects of everything. So mm-hmm. how would he not know this? But it seems a little weird to these normies. They don't get it, even though they're living in Hollywood, Dan. Yeah. But he just became a detective. So,
1: I mean, he's still learning the ropes. They've been
0: married for very recently. And also he's a yeah. new detective. So come on, brub. Lots to learn. Easy there, brub. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lovely dinner otherwise. And meanwhile, uh, the captain meets with Laurel again. Mm trying to figure out what she knows and is like, you know, this guy's. we have a file on him. He's a, he's a fucking nut. He's a violent, violent nut. Mm -hmm. But she's like, no, 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 I, I trusted him. It's going to be fine. But then afterwards she, she actually ends up like
1: meeting up with Sylvia, like a dinner or something. Right. Where they all meet up. Before we go to that, this was during, when she was kind of talking to the captain and being interrogated again, this is when she kind of admitted that she's in love with him and and basically says like to the captain's like and he's like oh you're gonna get married he's like he's like yeah you'll be the first to know because you introduced us like I I, whole, I yeah, like that. That, yeah. was, that whole that whole sequence was that was really, really cool. nice
0: and then also I I did skip something because there's a great scene here where um there's another character we kind of haven't talked about who's probably my favorite character in the entire movie Martha mm-hmm. this kind of like maid but she also does everything because we see her giving Gloria Graham just like a full body massage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a pretty incredible scene and uh, she's just great the whole time like Martha's just like she's smoking like there's one scene where she's like holding like a vacuum cleaner and some cleaning supplies and she's like talking with the cigarette around you don't mess with her with Martha but um she is confiding to Martha that hey I love this guy and Martha's like I've been around here for a while um you should know that Dick's like beat the shit out of his uh, ex-girlfriend like yeah You might want to watch out for this guy. And also, we know that Laurel had run away from a a previous relationship with like a real estate tycoon or something like that. So that's kind of a thing that she has done that they're like, you know, hey, are you just going to
1: run again? But
0: maybe there's a good reason to run.
1: Yeah. And she Um, just moved. I mean, she just moved. I think it was like a couple of weeks uh, to to this apartment exactly exactly um
0: because she gets into that too when she gets first gets brought into the station and they're like did you know this guy and they're like oh the guy who was giving me the tour like pointed out that that was this writer's apartment they were very proud to have a hollywood someone some yeah exactly someone who has something to do with hollywood in there so there's that um and then now we're at the beach and it says a beach picnic with brub and sylvia um they're having yeah exactly a little double date on the sand we're keeping the summer theme going at the Mm -hmm. beach obviously we planned this dan yeah, 100% You know us You know the lads But we learned that Dix didn't tell Or that Laurel didn't tell Dix That she went to the cops again She didn't want to bring it up And then also we find out about like Oh hey there was this weird like murder <laughs> Reenactment at dinner last time That Sylvia had saw And and Sylvia and Laurel talk to the side And Laurel's just like uh, I'm not feeling too good about Dix This guy is Yeah It's not looking good It's not looking so hot From what I've seen
1: He's got a temper but hey, who knows? And Sylvia also then lets slip that Gloria Graham had went and met with Captain Leonard again. Right. Um, and she was not supposed to. And that's that just sets Dix is pissed. Off. And they're yeah. like, let's go. He gets
0: in the car all pissed. Gloria Graham gets in here. This she, is where you she, see the phantom breaking. Yeah, she runs into the car. This is where you see like the phantom breaking. She's able to light a cigarette in the car. You think yeah. it like, was it on a sound stage? I wonder because uh, yeah. I mean, wink, wink. It was definitely the stage. Yes, it yeah. was.
1: You can't light, no,
0: can't light no cigarette in a moving car but yeah this thing's nuts he's driving like a maniac and he almost causes an accident with this other driver it's like a
1: minor accident yeah he kind of like they kind of like sideswipe a little bit yeah because he because the guy gets out of the car and he starts yelling like i just got a 200 paint job like what he's are you pissed. doing he's yeah. rightfully
0: pissed and this guy actually turns out we find out later he's like a football player
1: college football college player, football, football
0: yeah. player so like he's really going up against him but they get a a big dude he's a big dude but bogey's like i don't care i'm in a rage and you're not gonna see me coming and he beats him up and he knocks him out out. and then he's like oh hey why don't i pick up a rock and start to beat him and then you know gloria graham's like no whoa whoa this thing is going way too far you're gonna kill
1: him yeah she says yeah and
0: that's not a good he definitely would have killed him i mean like you know whatever happens with the plot of this movie like at the end of the day this was like a potential murder and like who knows how many road rages he's had were like what it's turned into
1: it's like he's like in a trance like when this happens like the, the the times in this movie where like you see his rage come out it's like he's in this trance and then he has to like kind of almost like get broken out of it The you blinding
0: know? Like, rage yeah yeah and then,
1: and that's what happens here like you see him kind of like shrug it off and then he turns back into this like it's like this Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing where he comes out and he's just really nice it's fine, and great. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then we get to the next scene where he literally is sending, you know, wiring money to this guy and he, he signs it as Joe squirrel because the guy makes a reference about squirrels. They so just like so him know or
0: something. That, yeah. Yeah. So
1: then it's, that, that I like that. That was a nice touch. And um, that's
0: one thing you see about his character too. Like even after like the co check lady ends up murdered, he sends her flowers anonymously to her funeral. Like he, Mm. he cleans up his messes, you know? Yeah. We don't know what, if his mess was murder or just being a jerk and getting her, you know, sending her off to get murdered. But he, he feels, he does feel bad about these rages that he gets into Mm -hmm. Uh, for the X-Men fans. I would say a berserker rage, like Wolverine, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's a very scary thing to be. And yeah, it's surprising. He still has a girlfriend after that. Um, And he's like, you know what? (laughs) probably should lock this down after something like that so why don't we get married and laurel's like well i don't want to get the shit beat out of me so
1: she's like terrified she's very like apprehensive as you would imagine yeah and then and then finally she's like and then he's like forcing he's like he's like i just want you here to say yes like just just say yes and finally she says yes
0: yeah it's exactly the proposal you would want to happen Also, Dix goes to the police station at one point. He tries to clear his name. And then we see that Mildred's boyfriend is there, Henry Mm. Kessler. Yeah. Worked at a bank. And he's like, yo, this guy seems like a better suspect than me. But they're like, yeah, but you've been weird as shit. So you're not really getting yourself off our suspect list. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on him. But the captain, especially, like, really does not like Dix. Mm. No matter what, should Dix be in jail? I I don't know. He's, He's a bit of a, he's a pistol, you know?
1: Yeah, you don't but they know. They don't have any hard with this evidence guy. on them, so I mean, they don't. I mean, it's circumstantial at this point. It's true, but if someone should have reported this, yeah. <laughs> roadside assault, yeah. definitely would have been, uh, would have been good.
0: So, I mean, uh, Gloria Graham's really having a tough time with this. She's, she's having trouble sleeping. She started taking sleeping pills, which mm-hmm. is never a good sign. Yeah, um, I mean, she's
1: conflicted. I mean, she she on one hand she loves him, but she's also terrified of him, and and she can't for lack of a better phrase, like she can't marry the two. Like she can't, you know, she can't reconcile with that fact. I mean, as I feel like very few people could, you know, like that's a classic side red flag. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, I mean, there's the line, the, the famous line, you know, I was born when she kissed me. I died when she left me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Yeah. Um, great line. Great line. It, all, all. Throughout the movie, I mean that—that's what we're living. We're in the uh living live a few weeks while she loves me phase, and yep. And now she's she's got to figure out a way out of this. It, it, it's it's a tough thing. She really um, feels trapped, but of course conflicted, like you're saying. But Mel comes by, and Mel is psyched. You're like they're getting married. This is everything I wanted. Like my yeah. my crazy friend. If anyone could do it, it's it's you, Laurel. You can soften those hard edges he's got. Yeah. This is gonna be great. But she starts crying. She's like, I don't want to marry this guy. Like, I got to get out of here. I want to escape to New York and and not be found. And ML's like, oh, man, that sucks. I was hoping for a miracle, he says. Yeah. (laughs) Not a good thing. He's like, dude, what the hell? You could have given some warning. But he's like, I have an idea because I know my friend Dix. He's not going to take you leaving him well, of course. Mm -hmm. But if he gets good news, he might not care as much. Maybe if we could, like, have them really rave over this script he's been working so hard on that Gloria Graham has been typing up too, by the way, mm-hmm. um, all will be well. So like, wait, we finished the script. Here's two copies for some reason. It's a really thick, thick amount of script. Let's do this. Let's go give it up. Dix doesn't know about it, but I think it'll go okay. As long as it's well-received, we can do this. We can get ourselves a nice escape. So we're at a nice dinner. Uh, I believe we're at the piano bar right now, Dan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that whole scene is just fantastic. You got Hatter Brooks was playing a song called uh hadn't anyone till you and of course you know it's a piano bar so everyone's just sitting around the piano talking and stuff and her her performance is just fantastic and and just Mm. the uh you really feel like you're in a lonely place at this time you know gloria graham just feels trapped and doesn't know what to do and and needs to escape and needs this news to go over well and bogey's he's feeling good but things are also weird with this murder stuff going on and everything and then uh we're just trying to also celebrate the engagement at this dinner. And I believe this is when the, like the detective shows up with Sylvia and they like see him and he's like, ah, they like start to storm off and everything They're
1: following me. Yeah. They've been telling them, but
0: this uh they, they decide to stay, they sit down and then that woman sits down. I, I, is that
1: who you were talking about? The one who keeps popping up? Well, yeah. I mean, that's how, like, so they have, they go out for the, to celebrate the engagement and then Yes. So that woman sits down and then they're all kind of sitting together. They leave the piano and they end up sitting yeah. like at a chair. That's the same scene, right? I believe so. They're two different scenes. So w- I think they're almost, aren't they two different places? They might I be, like, but like, yeah. I feel like we're at the same time. But I don't
0: remember like,
1: yeah, it's roughly the same time. But yeah, basically right now we're at like the bar that like the normal, the usual hangout they go to. Yeah. Because she's dressed That might up. have been where they left yeah.
0: after because being right. so
1: offended. Okay. Yes. That right. Makes sense. So yeah, they get there. This woman sits down. She's like an
0: actor, um, and she she's even up for a part in this in this movie possibly. And this Mm -hmm. is where it all finds out. Like, oh, Mel submitted that script. Yeah, and then we find out, you know, that of course Gloria Graham helped with it too. And Dix is pissed, but he's like, I'm not even pissed at you. Mel should have known better. Yeah. So what the heck? Uh, And then a phone call comes in for Gloria Graham. They they then she's like, Oh, I'll go get it. And he's like, No, no, bring the phone to the table. And like he like picks it up and like you know, tries to figure out what's going on. And then if it turns out it's Martha. Right.
1: Well, I guess we should mention. So she had, so she had made plans to try to hear back from the, the uh, travel agency about getting a, uh, a can you know, trying to get on a cancellation uh, to get a spot on a plane. To leave as early as possible. Right. So, so the fear is that, you know, the tension is, you know, is that, that call is that, is that the call that's come in? And obviously she should be found out, but it ends up being Martha. So, I mean, it's, Kind but she still recruit. found out, yeah. though,
0: because, you know, yeah. like, oh, what's that about the cancellation? Interesting. Yeah. And doesn't matter that the producer loved the scripts. Everything sucks now. And Bogey ruined him. it. Yep. He hits Mel. Hits Mel. But then, like we said, he makes up for it, too. Right. He, he goes, he apologizes to him and all seems to be well. Mel is probably taking a few to the face from dicks at this point. 20 years of, of uh, punches from a friend.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like our relationship, Dan. <laughs> Well, I hasn't come to that. Uh, yeah, but you have a violent side, I'm very afraid of. <laughs> oh, he's steaming, folks. He just told he just lifted a hammer to the zoom call and
1: said, pointed at me. It would be interesting if I had a hammer on my desk that I just kept here, but I do. You
0: don't have your desk hammer nearby. I'm so no, sorry I don't. Hear that.
1: I'll have to get a desk hammer. I had one until
0: I saw the new Thor movie and then I renounced all hammers from here on oh, out. Right that makes now, sense. Yeah. I'm a screwdriver man now. <laughs> I mean
1: they're pretty useful. No more ball
0: peen hammers for me. Nope. The funniest hammer name of all time.
1: Oh, without a doubt.
0: <laughs> uh, so Dick storms off. Oh, everything's horrible. Things are looking bad. Laurel is back at her place trying to, to leave. Um, and meanwhile, Brub has been trying to call. He tries to call the restaurant even. Like we get that scare of a phone call too because we find mm-hmm. out that Mildred's boyfriend, Henry Kessler, did murder her. We got the evidence mm-hmm. confessed. They're unable to pass this news along to him because Dick's already left the restaurant. Now he's at her place. These are packing up and everything like that. And he is pissed. It does not go well. I mean, this is as flying into a rage as you can be. What do you got to say, Dan? I can see you got one on your lips.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I was going to, I was just going to add so, to give a little bit more context of, so she it, it's, it's, it's twofold. One is that she's packing because they had this very rushed, like, he's like, we have to get the ring. We have to go get to Las Vegas, to get married. And we have to go on a honeymoon. Like right. Yeah, away. That's why she's like,
0: she, he wants to leave tonight right. to Vegas. Right. Yes.
1: Right. So, so she's packing. We're assuming at least in his eye, he's assuming that she's packing for that trip. Um, but in actuality, she's, packing to go to new york to leave him so yeah, clearly
0: she is leaving him because she right. seems to be very afraid of him and everything like that and uh with good
1: reason right and he becomes very questioning of like oh is this all, is this what you're bringing she's like oh no i haven't i, I just started she's like well i thought you were sleep. i thought you were had a headache and you didn't you were tired and you didn't want to do anything like he starts yeah because like he's like oh she was like oh i was yeah.
0: sleeping and then the, the, of course like the right. the suitcase pops up and it's a whole thing and that's Really yeah. freaks him out, and uh, he starts to choke her out, and it's it's not looking good for Gloria. Brutal, and yeah. It's it's quite brutal, but saved by the bell. Dan, mm-hmm. phone rings. It's old Brub. He picks it up, and he's like, "Hey, great news! We got a happy ending. Everyone, don't worry. That dude confessed to the murder. You're off the hook. That's great." And he's like, "Cool. This news would have been so much better <laughs> a different <laughs> time, um, a little earlier, but obviously." no relationship can survive a choke out that's the
1: reddest of red flags mm-hmm. they um, realize that yeah they just can't it, that just it just won't work yeah so he, he leaves
0: i mean as long as gloria graham realizes it won't work that's all that matters you got to sure. get away from the psycho go to new york um yeah. it, it, it's a tough one because bogey is is so great and he's so fantastic in this role but it is a guy who sucks yeah but the relationship's over, she's crying and uh, we're back at the, we're in, we see the courtyard, he's walking to his apartment because of course she lived uh, a little above him. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going down the stairs to the courtyard, back to his apartment and he's in a lonely place, if you will. He's now in the dying section of uh, when she left him, in the famous quote from the movie. And yeah, it's a it's a very interesting film noir ending because you still get that just bummer ending, but it's not from the, the typical tropes that we deal with, it's love that destroyed us
1: yeah and and it's interesting that as much as it is as is film noir and you think when we're talking about film noir you're thinking of like oh there's a murder here like that's going to be the kind of all-encompassing crux of the of the movie but it's it's one of those weird things where it's like it's it's like almost the last thing on your mind when you're watching this movie it's it's fascinating how it's done so well where you're kind of almost barely thinking about it throughout the film you're like you're so fixated intentionally you're fixated on on bogey and and graham on what their relationship is doing more so than the actual murder what you would think is like you know the the whole you know meat of 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 what you would typically see in this type of movie so that that's just always fascinating to me yeah like all the tropes are here
0: like there's not a question of if it's film noir but it's just they do something completely different with those tropes where it's just like almost in the background as opposed to the, the focus but i mean like i said you are a little like Oh, did bogey do it like you still kind of can't tell there's that but yeah yeah it's definitely so much more going on with it i did also forget to call out there's that great scene towards the end where like the grapefruit scene you know where they're Mm -hmm. eating the grapefruit and everything like that and i noticed the coffee maker dan Mm -hmm. which we had seen in uh in crossfire with gloria graham
1: and also Mm -hmm. of course
0: Famous for her coffee scene in the Big Heat. Big Heat,
1: yeah. I did. I did think about that. I did re- like. Why well, look at that? Remind me of the Big Heat for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw that thing, and I saw Crossfire Semi
0: recently too, so it's fresh on yeah. the mind. Where it boils over in Crossfire, you actually got to see this thing used properly. Yeah, was, I thought that was very interesting.
1: Yeah, nice, nice little uh, callback. But I, I, I think also just the title is so fitting for this movie. Like it has uh, like on so many title. different levels of of loneliness and, and different parts of the movie, the different characters, everything about it. It's just, yeah, it's just a very well-made, I mean, it's Nicholas Ray, too. I mean, like, he just makes really good and interesting films, I think. Like, every one, all the ones I've ever seen in him, it's like, they're always just really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I've never I mean, had a bad time. Even if I didn't
0: like, love the movie, it was still, like, a, yeah. a fascinating movie. And then in the case of, like, On Dangerous Ground, where I remember the initial watch, as we discussed, um didn't love it. But then mm. I did with the second viewing. So, I mean, yeah. I think that potential is there for a lot of those movies. But this right. one, is is a little less so a less of a struggle to to realize how much you love it it's it's just so fantastic um i give it 9.5 out of 10 lonelies
1: (laughs) i like it yeah i would
0: agree yeah i mean there's a reason why this one is so heralded and and rightfully so the film was adapted from dorothy b hughes's novel by andrew p salt and he tried to stay true to its story but of course there were some differences um, including that Dix in the the in the novel, he was a serial murderer, actually. Mm-hmm. He's not a Hollywood screenwriter. In fact, he claims to be a crime novelist, but really he's just mooching off of a rich uncle. Um, so there's no question of if he did it in the book. You know, fans of the novel may not like these changes. Seems like the same thing happened to her with Ride the Pig Horse too, but um, mm-hmm. she was actually fine with it. And she praised Gloria Graham's performance in particular. Most of Salt's script remained intact, but Nicholas Ray did do a plenty of minor rewrites throughout the shooting, including the ending, of course, Mm -hmm. um, which Ray had actually originally signed off on, too. In the script, Dix does kill Laurel, does choke her to death, and then proceeds to work on a script before being caught by his detective friend and saying the line to him one more time.
1: That's Um, interesting.
0: Yeah. But as time went on throughout the shooting, Ray had changed his mind about the ending. He wanted something a little less violent. So him and the cast threw together an improvised scene, actually. And that's what was used to close the film in the final cut. Um, The film was mostly shot on a soundstage at Columbia with the production recreating locations like Romanoff's Cafe, which is a popular Hollywood restaurant into Paul's restaurant. And then the courtyard apartment set was actually a duplication of the real courtyard from the Villa Primavera apartments, courtyard at West Hollywood, which was actually where Nicholas Ray lived during his early Hollywood days.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, As far as the
0: role of Laurel Gray, we almost had Lauren Bacall in it. But Warner Brothers refused to release her from her contract. And then also Ginger Rogers was up for it and was the producer's first choice. But Nicholas Ray was like, hey, I got a wife, Gloria (laughs) Graham. She'd She'd be be perfect for it. I love her. Our relationship is rock solid. What could go wrong? Probably, you know, that during shooting, their relationship imploded and they had separated during the filming. And Ray was actually so afraid of being fired by the studio because of that. They kept it a secret and he slept on the set saying he was working on stuff for the film to throw everyone off of the fact that his wife was leaving without him for the night. Mm -hmm. But producer Robert Lord seemed to know what was going on. And he made Gloria Graham sign an insane contract, Dan, Mm -hmm. that stated, quote, my husband shall be entitled to direct, control, advise, instruct, and even command my actions during the hours of 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day except Sunday. And I acknowledge." that in every conceivable situations his will and judgment shall be considered superior to mine and shall prevail end quote
1: yeah i heard about that that's it just seems so ridiculous man so I, I don't think ridiculous. that would ever really hold hold any weight uh, in court if that came to it but apparently everything went fine at least on the surface i mean obviously you know, you sign a contract me. like that didn't right. you have to she was also right.
0: forbidden to quote nag cajole tease or in any other feminine fashion, seek to distract or influence him. End quote.
1: That's that's wild.
0: But she would actually go on to marry her stepson, which was Ray's son from a previous marriage. So mm. there's your revenge, huh?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I did hear. I did hear about that. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, you know what that makes me think of? Mildred me- mentioning a horse's neck, which was the uh, drink that she says is. Um, <laughs> it was what. uh, ginger, ginger ale, ale with a bit of lemon right yeah mm-hmm. yeah which sounded interesting actually i'm yeah. a ginger ale fan sounds and pretty if, good if you want a version with brandy or bourbon that's going to be a horse's neck with a kick or a stiff horse's neck
1: you <laughs> might have to try that
0: uh, this is what's going to get dan uh to the booze line huh
1: no i'll, I'll be doing just the horse's neck I, you'll be doing the regular horse yeah mean, I,
0: honestly i'll probably just have the horse's neck it yeah doesn't sound too good otherwise for me but yeah who knows um, it's, basically, yeah. it's
1: basically like a it's like a sprite ginger ale sort of thing
0: See, now you're selling me on it more and more
1: yeah when you think about it I mean, that's basically kind of what it is splash of lemon usually is,
0: is good for yeah. the most part things yeah, that call for lemon are pretty good
1: yeah it's it, a fine line for me it's like a, a little good amount of lemon's cool but if it's like a little bit overboard it might be too much
0: of course i mean of course you got to watch the amount of
1: lemon but yeah its
0: presence is mostly welcome as was a Brooks's presence. So, of course, like we said, mm-hmm. she did I Hadn't Anyone Till You at the Piano Bar. Um, she was a local recording artist who was known as the Queen of the Boogie, which is exactly what you want to be known as. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually best known for ballads, and she um, also wrote many of her own songs, which was pretty unheard of at the time, and she continued to perform into the 1990s. Wow. If you watch the trailer of the film, there's actually a moment in it that doesn't appear in the final cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. It has Laurel talking to the detective at the end of the film. Dick starts to leave, and she starts to call out his name as they have one last embrace on the steps. I can see why that went. We don't need that, but fun for a trailer, huh? Sure. They had it, you know? You, you love remakes, Dan. Well, in 1979, we almost had a remake of this from Orion Pictures,
1: who I, I like Orion. I'd be curious to see what they would do, but it did not happen. Yeah, that would have been weird. That have been a weird time to remake it, like in history. Yeah, exactly. Like weird yeah, time exactly. in history to make that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would have been like a disco, a disco themed version. Yo, I want to
0: be in an alternate universe now. I'm like so like curious. a like a
1: roller disco because I, I I do love the roller disco movies from that era. So maybe like roller boogie mix mixed with uh, you know instead of them going to the bar, they're going to the roller disco. So I don't know, maybe bit of Xanadu in there. Yeah, exactly. I, Sounds I can see great. I don't
0: know. I'm on board. Um, as far as the novel goes, some, some old friends have some stuff to do with some radio plays. Joseph mm-hmm. Cotton actually did a 30-minute adaptation for the Philip Morris Playhouse mm-hmm. in 1952. And then um, that radio show Suspense, not the movie, but the, the radio show, in 1948, they presented it with Robert Montgomery, and they did an hour adaptation of the full plot. Mm-hmm. And then if you like music... A lot of people really were inspired by this movie. The smithereens wrote a song that was actually called in a lonely place from 1986. Mm-hmm. The lyrics have plenty of references to it. I listened to it. It wasn't that good. Um, and then Goldfrapp wrote a song uh, based on the Laurel gray. Uh, the song is called Laurel. And they-, they talk about her. So yeah, I don't know. People seem to be uh, inspired, inspired by the, yeah. the musery of Gloria Graham, much like Humphrey Bogart was, but that's all I got for this fine, fine film. I'm glad to be here. And uh, it, was, it was fun watching it.
1: Yeah. I think the, the only other thing I was going to mention was it, it, and I kind of talked about it a little bit, but just how much the, like the kind of meta, you know, a lot of the kind of personalities and relationships that happened in real life were sort of reflected in the movie. It, like, I mean, I forget who said it. They said like this movie was like almost like Bogey was almost like not acting in a way like he was acting but like it was very it was like the closest to like maybe what his real personality was like so it almost felt like it felt like more authentic to like how he could be like about like I think I read like there was like outbursts that he had on his boat one time and Lauren Bacall got very terrified by it Santana and, yeah uh, yeah, on the Santana <laughs> but yeah and then just obviously that's what not what you want to
0: hear like oh this is the one that's closest to your character like yeah. oh the one where you're like going off on a rage all the time right but yeah, and I would also say the grapefruit scene with Gloria Graham too, like where they're talking about like love and stuff like that. It really felt like, you know, I'm sure like Nicholas Ray getting a little little bit of that out there. Exactly. Well. That's what I was gonna
1: say. Yeah, like just like the dynamic between Ray and and, and Gloria Graham, like Ray kind of injecting that, uh, and and Gloria Graham too, just injecting like what was kind of going on in their lives and kind of I guess just maybe channeling that through this through this movie. So that's it's it's just interesting. It's just very it feels oh, of the oh, time, and I don't yeah. even
0: mean, like, of 1950, but of, like, these people's place in their lives, you know, like, right. it's an interesting that snapshot, time. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a great movie. I, it definitely, definitely solid and definitely worth, worthwhile. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a
0: good open secret, but next week, we're going to go for a closed secret. I'm sure we're going to have to hit a doorknob. Damn, this is the secret beyond the door. Ooh. I haven't Excited seen for this, this one.
1: one. I, I am.
0: I um, haven't seen this one either. This was a Twitter suggestion. We'll get more into that next week, but... um. Yeah, it should be a good time, I hope. Oh, Joan, we're really gonna rip into this fucking thing. Is Joan Bennett in this one? Dan, I I know nothing about the movie. I'm going in blind. So I would love if Joan Bennett's in it. Is she in it? Tell us right now. Hype up everybody, including is us. It, I,
1: I bought it a while back and I haven't watched it. She sure is, yeah. Wonderful. That's I that's, think that's, that's why great. I was looking forward to it because I'd, I'd always heard of it, but I'd never seen it. But I all I knew was that she was in it and Fritz Lang directed it. That's what I knew. That sounds like a
0: good time to me.
1: I was gonna say it's got it's got some good
0: ingredients. We're not worried about this one. Dan, speaking of good ingredients, uh, how do we cook up some social media uh, gumbo? Well, where, where, where would we find a Twitter? Where did this Twitter user find us, Dan, to suggest this movie?
1: Uh, I'm not a cook, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to cook that. Um, it, it, I think the Twitter is out of the podcast.
0: Out of the cast on that one. Out of one. the
1: cast. I, I got to write these down. I, I know, Dan. You got to memorize
0: these over the time. By episode 100, I can't wait till you're just spouting it out. You'll, you'll anticipate it. You'll be like, well, well, Joey, uh, has everyone followed us on Twitter out of the cast? I have and a terrible
1: memory. I and then you'll tell us
0: our Instagram handle and you'll be like, oh, check us out on Instagram. And then what would that handle be there?
1: That's out of the podcast.
0: Hey, there we go. We got that one. Uh, what if we wanted to email us? Huh? We, us, we want to email ourselves. What, the what real out of the
1: podcast.
0: What, what is that? That fucking hotmail?
1: That's a, that's a Gmail.
0: Gmail, baby. Ooh, these, these kids really know what they're doing. Dan say if I wanted to like rate Review and subscribe to this podcast Where would I do that like Apple podcast Spotify sure
1: all of them Yeah that'd be great yeah it would be Great I I would look forward to that
0: Dan says leave us a review or we're gonna stop Doing the podcast
1: (laughs) We're stopping at 80 we're stopping at
0: 80 You got you want to know what the secret beyond the Door is you better leave us a review Begging for it
1: (laughs) Maybe you don't have to do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, we we've we got him to, to cool his heart, but maybe you guys should just do it so, you know, he doesn't change his mind for the next episode.
1: Yeah. I, I have to put a... up
0: with his hammer rage, everyone. Right. So. I
1: would say my bogey rage has come down now, so I'm, I'll, I'll relent. And He's I'll named to...
0: his hammer bogey, everyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty apt, I think.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let me get off of this before Dan beats me to a pulp the rage in his eyes looking at me folks i'm scared you can hear it you can hear the fear in my voice uh i'm shaking my glass as i raise it to say damn <laughs> hey here's the crime huh buddy here's the crime hammer time right yep <laughs> ready clank right hammer yeah, clank. hammer clank smash the glass smash the uh can you get
1: that from your sound effects <laughs> board that you have <laughs> breaking glass
0: The episode is now about to end right on a perfect glass break.